0: Mi gente, I have some exciting news to share with you. The Wine and Cheese my podcast is hosting our first virtual wine tasting. And it's not just any virtual wine tasting. We are partnering with the Mexican-American Vintners Association, also known as MAVA, to bring wines from four of their members right to your door. Like many businesses across the country... COVID has taken its toll on small wineries. Unlike many others, businesses on the West Coast have also had to deal with wildfires. These wineries in particular have had to deal with two back-to-back wildfires. So let's use this opportunity to support these Latino winemakers and small businesses. Here's how it works. We will highlight one Latino winemaker each Wednesday beginning November 4th through November 25th. You can choose to purchase all four bottles ahead of time, purchase wines individually, or if you don't want the wine, but you want the wine education, you can do that as well. Those who choose the wine will receive the bottles of wine they selected, whether individually or all four together, access to the Zoom link to participate in our Vintner conversation, 15% off a future purchase of wine and free shipping. Yes. There's a link to more information and to purchase tickets on our website Podcast.com. Just click on events and it'll take you where you need to go. I am so excited about this opportunity and hope that you are too. I really hope to see some of the wine and cheese faces on there. Hola mi gente. Welcome to another episode of the wine and cheese podcast a podcast created to amplify voices and share the stories of people from BIPOC communities doing remarkable things, all while sipping on a glass of wine. I'm your host, Jessica Younges. We have another first, as this episode is especially for parents, guardians, and caregivers of school aged children and teens. This week, I have two guests, two different interviews actually talking about the same thing with different contexts. I know there are a lot of parents and caregivers out there who are struggling with how to help their students in this time of homeschooling and mixed schooling. So in this episode, I first speak with Brenda Martinez. Brenda is in her 14th year in education as an instructional coach for Richardson Independent School District in Texas. She was named the 2020 Secondary Teacher of the Year for the Garland Independent School District and has served as a curriculum writer for the district and presenter for district professional development. My discussion with Brenda will focus on elementary and middle-aged children, middle school-aged children. Excuse me. I also speak with Ruby Chavez. Ruby has her master's and has a high school counselor by day and content creator slash founder by night. She is the eldest of three siblings, first in her family to pursue higher education. She is located in the Silicon Valley of California and a proud product of her community. In fact. She became a counselor at the same high school she attended. Ruby and I focus our discussion on high school students. So grab your glass of wine and join us for the chisme. Before we get into all that, girl... Our mamas especially, because that's, that's who tends to listen, is going to need some wine. So I have my wine with me.
1: I got I my wine
0: too. Where can yeah. you see it? <laughs> um, so I have this wine. It's called Cachay Chardonnay. It's from Chile. And it says it's fresh and light with tropical fruits, citrus, and melon flavors, leading to a crisp, lightly oaked finish. Great with roast chicken or turkey or in seafood dishes. So, oh, that one sounds really nice and sweet. OK, I'm going to tell you. Let me see what, what it smells like. It smells like um I can't think of the smell. I know I am familiar with the smell, but I can't think of it. But I, it was really highly rated and it was under five dollars at Trader Joe's. And i was just in a hurry and i was like all right
2: well let me try it so it sounds very bougie and something that you like you would literally give to me in person just because i like sweets uh my wine is a just sweet peach uh one (laughs) so target well salud salud
0: this is not too sweet which i appreciate because i'm not a big sweets i will say i'm trying to think let me take another taste hold on I I accidentally froze it. So I don't know if that's changing the flavor because I stick it in the freezer and it's super So I'm reserving judgment. I'm going to taste it a little bit later. Yeah, no. It has like this weird aftertaste right now. So I'm not going to lie because I don't lie about the wines. I either no. like it or so we don't want to do that. So I'm kind of... On the fence with it, I'm like it's it's not my favorite, but it's okay, girl. If you if you are on a budget and you really need to get something, you do what you gotta do. You gotta do. I know this is a little bit different, but I needed you to know exactly what was going on. Please stay tuned for our first interview with Brenda Martinez, where we focus on how to best support your elementary and middle school age child.
1: Drinking a very semi-sweet Stella, Um, keeping it light, you know, maybe it'll get darker as it gets later today.
0: (laughs) Girl, you look like you're drinking out of a chalice. You're so fancy.
1: I was like, I wanted to kind of match my Mexican theme and I was like, should I do Dia de los Muertos? But I was like, well, this is cute. So I pulled this one out.
0: You know, that's my birthday. (laughs) Dia de los Muertos.
1: Wow. November the 1st. The 2nd second oh
0: wow yeah
1: no I'll Um, definitely never forget I don't know why I didn't even put that together
0: I know I have always had a special like relationship with that you know day obviously because of my birthday but you know but thank you I'm so glad you were able I know it was really last minute but this is so I think it's so important I've had a lot of people reach out in regards to how to best support students in this time of homeschooling and how, whether you're a parent or a guardian, how do you not lose your sanity, right? Like how can you best support yourself and your student while we're going through this? Is Texas, so I know a lot of California is still homeschooling. I know Oregon is still homeschooling because my sister's in Oregon. Is Texas still homeschooling?
1: Um, so a lot of districts like DISD is still homeschooling. Uh, well, I'm sorry. They just started their first face to face, I believe, this Monday. Um, but most of the schools are like um, they're doing both. So you you have your face to face kids, and then you have the virtual kids. And so teachers are have, having to co seat. So they're teaching at the same time, and they're teaching um, kids in class, and then half of them on Zoom. Wow. Because you have to think, how do you engage the kids in front of you? And how do you not forget the kids on Zoom? And so it's been a, a, a big challenge, it's been a huge challenge. But for the most part, most of the schools are all face-to-face, um, but about 50% of the population is still at home.
0: So you're, you're like not necessarily in the classroom anymore. You've kind of, you got another position, but you were in the classroom for a long time. And in middle school, would you... Girl, I told you a long time ago, bless your heart for being uh, for middle school teachers, because middle school is like you're getting the immaturity of kids still coming from, you know, elementary school and then the kids that I think that are too cool and ready for high school. And there it's like, I remember how I was in middle school and I'm just like, oh, Lordy, bless your heart. (laughs) That is one thing I have picked up from Texas, right? The bless your heart thing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it definitely takes a special person to teach middle school. Um, so I am not currently teaching like 24-7 in a classroom, but I am um, there to support all new teachers. Um, you know, I'm given a certain number of teachers that I can um, be there for and support. So I do classroom walkthroughs and I serve and give them feedback. Um, a lot of times if a teacher can't make it or whatnot, um, an instructional coach has to step in and um, teach or we can also model a lesson we can co-teach but I am still in middle school and definitely it takes a special person to do that (laughs) (laughs) and I think that all middle school teachers that have been doing it are definitely called (laughs) to do so so
0: for sure you are one of the most patient people I've ever met in my entire life so I could see why you're a middle school teacher so how as Cause I feel like a lot of stuff in middle school can also apply to elementary age children as well. I feel like it's totally different once you get into high school.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So as somebody who is supporting a student and it may, and I, I try not to say parent because I know it's not always a parent that it's at home with their kids trying to support them. It can be a grandma, a thea, a cousin, a care, any other sort of caregiver or guardian, but if If you have a student who is at home, what are a, like a couple of quick or not so quick tips to help support them so they can do their best learning from home.
1: All right, so <laughs> this is so important right now, and I know a lot of parents have um, really been trying and have been you know reaching out um, and trying to figure out what's the best thing to do. Um, hopefully, if you have not you know come up with a system. <laughs> Um, you start today. But uh, the number one thing was, as we learned when we first, you know, had to do all this quarantining and COVID stuff back in March, um, was create a workspace. So most important thing in your house was create somewhere where you know is going to be a place limited of distractions. So you want to be far away from a TV or far away from things that would distract a student. Have a place where you have your chargers needed for your devices, good lighting, a calming area. So it can't be a super busy area because you want your student, your child to focus. Uh, maybe have a place, if you're able to, have a place where there's water, drinks. Um, you know, a lot of parents have set like a mini fridge in their little work area for their kids. A bowl of healthy snacks, um, brain food. You always need brain food to avoid, you know, having to leave. The work area to grab a drink or snack. Um, Think about the room temperature. You want to make it comfortable, provide different types of of seating. So um, a lot of my girlfriends, you know, they have an office chair, but a lot of times kids get tired of sitting in a regular chair. So you can use a yoga ball, you can use a stool um, or different types of chairs as the day gets longer and things change and the kids might need to stand up and work. Um, I, have I almost kids, feel like a yoga ball
0: is better because they kind of get a little bit of energy out, right? Well,
1: that is true. But for some of our um, kids that may require, you know, a little bit of their fidgety and they may require to be moving, um, that is the way they work. So I did have, um, you know, different types of seating in my own classroom in the past where I've had like tall, tall tables for the kids that can't sit down. They, they just want to be standing up. So you definitely want to see what works best. For your child, and it may uh, take a little bit of a trial and error, but you want to provide some background noise, like instrumental focus music, or a lot of apps that would have like the rain sounds. I know in my own classroom, I used YouTube and put a lot of, you know, the calming background um, noises for, for the students to be able to focus. So that would be the first thing: is make sure you have that workspace created. And I know it can get hard, especially if you have multiple kids. Uh, and you're having to find multiple workspaces, but if you can find a corner in their room or, you know, dining room or somewhere in your house that, you know, is going to be limited.
0: What about headsets? Headsets are a good thing or bad thing?
1: Absolutely. Headsets are great. It's just so much easier to hear <laughs> and, um, for the teacher as well. So if you're able to provide that for your, for your child, that'd be great. And if it has the built-in microphone, even better. Yeah. Headsets are absolutely helpful. You want to set a schedule. So a lot of our schools in Texas are now synchronous, which means that, you know, you're on a regular schedule, like a bell schedule. And you have to have your camera on and you are working at the same time. But a lot of um, schools and districts have provided like an asynchronous option as well, where you're kind of working on your own pace. So it depends on, um, you know, what type of virtual school you have. Some of them have a combination of both. But create a schedule if you don't have one. So this means, um, you know, having lunch prepared materials you may need according to the schedule. What else? Let's see. Giving them enough time to work on each subject. So if you're on an asynchronous schedule and the school has not provided you with a schedule, you want to divide up your day to give each content area time. So you can also use uh, timers. Alarms, um, anything that can be a great source. You know, for the kids that can be more independent, that's certainly helpful because they can, you know, manage their time that way. If they have some type of timer or alarm or reminder, you want to include a to-do list for that day. So what needs to get turned in? What needs to get completed? And absolutely make time for brain breaks. So so important, you know, stopping what you're doing, going for a walk around your neighborhood doing some jumping jacks, just doing something that does not require being on your computer for at least 10 to 15 minutes. We try to do that at school as well. Um, Right now, because we want to keep kids contained as long as possible, a lot of the middle schools are going now into like a high school type of day. So we have A and E days and we have 90 minute classes, which is super hard for middle school kids. We only do 45 minutes. So um, we are doing brain breaks. So we'll stop, we'll go get a drink of water, we'll walk around the building, um, we'll just do a dance or something that will take our attention and will allow us to refocus. Also, if you um, are able to, get up and dress up. Um, like, I I live by that. It is so important. I mean, it's great to be at home in your PJs and super comfy. But um, this doesn't mean you have to get all dolled up, but teach your child a routine to get up and get ready for school, even if this means, you know, from the waist up (laughs) as best as possible. But, you know, this means having clean clothes ready, having dress presentable, because many of our schools in the district I'm in does require you to have your camera on for attendance. And attendance is important because that way you're not counted absent and have to deal with all of that on top of everything else. So you want to maintain that presentable, you know, attire ready to go or your child, um, and they can feel more prepared and more confident. So, and if you do not get to be with your child at home, because I know there's a lot of working parents out there, you know, have a system to have it ready to go each night, just like you would for regular school. And it enhances your overall productivity. If you are able to stay with your child at home, then even better, you can model for them. And you're ready to go if any errands or things need to get done through the day. Um, also you're dressed in case you walk behind your child's camera oh my gosh did you see that
0: one video where if you guys have not seen this video it is a child and I think he's probably what like definitely elementary it looked like maybe first grade or something like that and the mom walks behind him totally naked trying to find something and the teacher's like turn off your camera, so-and-so, turn off your camera. And then mom turns around and
1: realizes that she's on camera completely naked and then like... Yes, it's <laughs> <So> awful. <laughs> it's really funny, but, you know, you want to be presentable just in case you forget. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's happened to me, too. Like, I mean, I haven't seen people completely naked, but I've had to cover for some teachers and I've had to do some Zoom classes myself and I've seen some things <laughs> so definitely would and parents just forget you know, you're busy you're walking around trying to get stuff done what is the most interesting thing that you've seen <laughs> um well I've heard some screaming um and I've seen some bellies <laughs> really close to the camera and it is like uh oh, dad I'm having class right now and <laughs> <laughs> So So,
0: there is a question that somebody had, had posted on my social media and it's a long question. So please bear with me, but I think you will be able to, I feel like you'll be able to give a really good answer for this. My friend says she works as a single mom and she can't work. She can't work from home is her income is the only income. She says, so my girls are home with their brother and they have Google classroom every day, but for an hour. They have work sent home, so they're mostly on their own. They spend hours on Sunday doing work, as like as like they did it before, and it wasn't complete. She goes, "It's her fault for not checking," but she's trying to lay down a schedule. But their brother is isn't the best at monitoring this, so they fall behind because the brother's the one at home with them while she's working. She goes, "We wor- we work on the schoolwork they need help with in the evening. Plus, dinner is less than ideal, but this puts dinner less than ideal." Tips on scheduling and routine would be great or how to encourage them to stick to their schedule throughout their day. My kids also struggle with not seeing their friends. They feel like it's more like it's still vacation time. I also feel like going over the work isn't as good as actually teaching. They just read an answer and she doesn't feel like they're grasping or retaining anything that they're doing. And then she goes on to say that she feels like they're tired and she feels like all they're doing is schoolwork. They put up all of the electronic iPods and tablets when they're done. And then she was like, should I be giving more breaks in the schedule? If they want to listen to music while working, should I allow them that? I know. And then she was saying how she likes music when she's working. So I think a couple of those you've kind of addressed, but in regards to how are you setting a schedule? I think, and I know you were starting, you've started to address that and maybe how to encourage her kids to be able to do it because she's not there.
1: Absolutely. So the first thing I would do is, if she can, um, is get familiar with the learning platform. So I know she said she's using Google Classroom. A lot of the the platforms that the kids have, they have a parent portal. Um, They have a way where you can be added to the list of, you know, when you're missing an assignment or when assignment is turned in, you're notified. And you can also control how much of the notifications you want to get because that can get pretty crazy. <laughs> so uh, Definitely, if you can play around with the platform, um, there's tons of videos on YouTube on learning how to navigate Google Classroom. Because that's a lot of part of the problem is, you know, the parents don't aren't aware of what's going on. The kids are tired and they're so tired that they'll be like, uh, no, we're done. We don't have any homework. And then pretty soon, two weeks later, you're having to catch up all these days of work. And I know a lot of single moms out there that are, are dealing with the same thing. So if you can, whatever platform you are using or your child's using, get familiar with it. Um, look for the resources from school. The school will send you a ton of resources like virtual orientations or guides Um, and then ask the teachers for the resources, um, or direct the questions to them because they know it more than anyone. And they are more than happy to help you because they want to, they want the work turned in, but there's nothing more frustrating than not being able to navigate or know the platform. And that way, if you know it, you can also help your child in checking those assignments and making sure that things are turned in. Another thing that may help, and this is especially important for single moms is build that relationship with your teachers. If I know I'm dealing with a a child that has a single mom or single parent, I am going to um, extend that grace to that child and figure out other ways to help them. Maybe set, you know, one on one zooms with them, one on one tutoring, um, maybe even allow for the late phone calls. You know, teachers aren't in it for the big bucks. (laughs) That's for sure. And, And we don't care. I mean, we it's so bad but we don't care. We work from home all the time. We work late hours. And we will respond to your emails and text messages late at night. So don't think that, you know, we don't want to work with your child. We definitely do. So if you can reach out and build that relationship, they're going to definitely respond to that. It makes it so much easier and so much more enjoyable to help and communicate um, with the parent and the child. This is especially important for Latino parents that do not speak English. So a lot of times, you know, or uh, any parent that may not speak English. Yeah, or absolutely. Um, any parent, exactly. So a lot of teachers or a lot of schools may think that the parent doesn't necessarily care or have an interest in the child's education, when in reality, that's not the case. But they just don't know what to ask, and they don't know what is going on. And I mean, I've seen this multiple times. For example, this week, we had what we call last testing, and um, it's basically a lear- a language exiting test, you know, for our ESL students. And so we sent out an email in English and Spanish, and we got probably like five kids show up out of like, I want to say we had 40 something kids, maybe. Um, but then we switched it up and actually made phone calls where our Spanish speaking ta- staff was able to call. And we got, you know, more than half, like 80% of them show up. So it's, it's just a matter of, you know, um, building that relationship. So if you have any friends that are, you ha- they go to the same school, their kids go to the same school, you're, you're friends with other parents that may not speak English, um, encourage them to reach out to the, to the school staff. There's so many sources for interpreting. Most schools have the ability to have an interpreter in, in the Zoom meeting um, where they can communicate your concerns, ask for the Spanish literature, whatever language you need. Um, but don't let that be a barrier or let that be like, you know, the reason why they may think you're not interested in your child's education because that is absolutely not the case. And I've, I've tried to voice that as much as possible because I'm like, well, some of these kids have parents that have two or three jobs and they just don't have the time and they'll make the time if they know what's going on. But absolutely build that relationship. I would say don't teach, help them understand So that can get really um, frustrating, especially if you have like younger kids, you you feel like you're having to be the teacher, but help them understand what they're reading. You may not be an expert on the topic and that is okay, but provide resources to help them with the language or the terminology, Um, you know, teach them to use a dictionary or look up things, then, you know, read the instructions, reread it several times, and then when in doubt reach out to your teachers. Um, That's why they are there. But you as a parent, you know, I would say you're there to facilitate the learning. You're not their teacher. Unless they got really lucky and their parent is a teacher. (laughs) But you want to help them break down the information. But don't try to stress yourself in teaching the material. You know, encourage that self-direction. And ask the teachers for prompts on how to best guide them. So a lot of times, teachers will send out their weekly newsletter. And this will kind of also have a like a little uh, lesson reference so that you can guide the student on how to best complete this. And if you're dealing with teachers that don't have that, ask if they can do that. Um, They're more than willing to do whatever it takes. Gosh, there's so many things.
0: No, I mean, it's good because people need to know. I mean, even though. Some students are going back to school. There's so many that aren't, or it's blended learning. Like you were saying, like my sister was telling me, she has four kids. My sister has four kids, one in high school, one in middle school, and two in elementary school. So talk about having to like figure this out. And she was doing a lot of the things that you are even saying, you know, the elementary school boys have headsets in are on the sitting at the same table, but on opposite ends. But by having headsets, they're able to pay attention to what's happening in front of them instead of with each other. Yes. You know, and, and hearing everything else. They're able to kind of focus a little bit better. And she was saying she that if the boys have a question, she goes, You need to ask your teacher. I'm not your teacher. I'm it's like it's good to hear this. And I'm sure parents that are doing this probably feel a little bit guilty, but also like I'm not the teacher. I don't know what to do. So I it's so appreciated. Can if there's more, please continue.
1: Yes. So um you also want to help your child check and read messages. Um, by now, the school should have a system where the communication is more streamlined and you don't have like 1000 messages in your email. <laughs> You're not pulling your hair out. Um, so you should not be getting bombarded by now. However, if you are, find a way to archive those messages in your folders in your email. So there's a way you can do that. Color code them. So take the time. If you are able to just take, you know, 20 minutes a day if you can do 20 minutes a day just to go through emails or voicemails so that you know you are in the know of what's going on. So if you have a to-do list like me, put this on your to-do list and help them help your child establish that habit as well. So you're checking messages, but they also need to be doing the same thing. If something isn't clear about a deadline, then ask. You know, ask, check your voicemails and other sources of communication. So um, a lot of schools use whatever platforms to send out announcements and things like that. So you want to be sure you take the time. But if you wait two weeks <laughs> and check your emails, then you're going to be really stressed out trying to see what's going on. Right? Um, yes. So, and definitely use the school sources and staff. So the school has tons of resources, things that can help your child. If you have a dyslexic child or a a child with special needs, you have a whole team a staff that is in charge of looking at your individualized educational plan. So this is your IEP and your 504 students that need accommodations. And so reach out to them. There is help for them. There is, um, you know, an additional dyslexia class that a lot of times school will offer. Um, There's emotional, mental wellness support with the school counselors, and they are more than happy to provide that support. Um, There's a ton of resources that they have access to and professionals that they can direct you for anything, even financial things that you may be struggling with. They know someone. They have, again, they have interpreters, community connections with social workers that can help you, um, you know, get the things that you need. And so, and this makes it even hard, you know, So you have special needs students. But you want to encourage that growth mindset and model hard work. Just demonstrate to your child that through your own work or your own profession, how important the skills will be as you eventually become an adult. Um, you know, just the fact that you're having to navigate a whole day online is already on the right track because you're learning, you know, the skills that you need for this technologically advancing world. So, and so talk to them and share when a particular project you're working on is due and that may require additional time, maybe taking work home, but definitely model that challenges are are welcome because that's that's what helps us grow and learn
0: now let me ask you a question for parents and guardians and for parents and caregivers and other guardians how can they i know that you're saying like they you know to not be the teacher what are some suggestions you would say that they need to do to take care of themselves that also benefit their
1: students like their own mental health or yeah um absolutely so so I've been working for for teens for quite a while and definitely it's a challenge to to have to you know be the parent, be sort of the teacher and deal with your own job. But this may be time for you to also figure out. you know you also need to reward yourself. find time to get away, focus on you as well because if you don't help yourself, then it's hard to help. Your children. So, this may be some time to maybe reach out to Abuelita to maybe come over and (laughs) watch the kids for a little bit for a brain break for yourself. Or maybe you need to drop them off with your favorite Dia's house. Um, And that's okay. Um, But just plan and ask and take care of yourself because nobody else is going to do it for you. So, absolutely taking the time to recharge. Um, Because then you're showing your student that that's important as well, right? You're showing. Yes. Um, so self-care, self-care, absolutely. You can explain that to them. If you, maybe if you want to join in together on doing some self-care together, but if you need your alone time away from your kids, <laughs> then definitely I would reach out to the people that you can trust that you give a little bit of time for yourself. But, you know, speaking of that, this can also be a blessing in disguise. You know, we have, we going to enjoy the time at home with, with your kids. It's a great time to connect and getting to know them if you do have teens like I said I've worked with them for quite a while and um you'd be surprised at the silence that I get like when I ask how's your day going silence fine good morning Silence. but I think if you eventually break the ice and you figure out how much they can show that they do love you so this is a time to connect and give them those those uh hugs and kisses they're too cool for because parents you're not getting this time back Pretty soon they'll be off and moving away. And so this might be a special time for you if you can take advantage of it.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I laugh because I had taken a trip up to the coast and I have four nephews. Two of them are teenagers and one I don't have a hard time talking to. He likes to talk. The oldest one who's 16, he's the one who like, who answers in one word. So have, you have to be creative with the questions that I ask him. And I learned this when I used to work at a nonprofit that when I ask kids, I don't ask like how was your day at school? Cause then you always get fine. Yeah, it's fine. What did you you know? So literally I started asking, tell me one thing you learned at school today. Because that you have like it's not nothing. And my nephew did try to pull that nothing. I'm like, oh, so are you telling me you fell asleep at school and you didn't do any? <laughs> I didn't say that, Thea J. Like it makes them laugh. And then I'm like, well, then tell me one thing. You must have learned one thing. And then they start opening up. And it's so funny how that little thing, talking about school, and they oftentimes not all the time but oftentimes leads them to talk about something else right something that happened with their friend something that happened with this something that happened but it's just always asking the question in the right way because especially they're boys girls it's a lot easier they'll go on and on and on right most girls I know me and you don't have a problem with that, (laughs) but like, (laughs) but boys, especially teenage boys, it's almost like pulling teeth sometimes and not forcing them, but just asking them the same, the, the right questions. And so I'm so glad you said that. And because I've experienced that.
1: Yes. Get creative with your questioning. You will get something out of it, but You can't, you can't just ask the simple way, (laughs) at least not with teens, but with little ones, you might be able to.
0: Oh yeah. Little ones will tell you everything. They'll tell you everything and things that you don't even want to know. Brenda, is there any kind of final things that you think are needed for parents and caretakers and guardians in regards to supporting and maybe even how to support best support the teachers during this time? Because like you said, you know, teachers... My One of my friends is a high school Spanish teacher and she's working from like 6 a.m. to 11, 10 or 11 p.m. Yeah. So teachers are working harder than... Like as if you guys didn't already work really, really hard. It's You're working even harder. And I can't imagine how much more difficult it becomes when you're doing half in class and half on online, half virtually. So what are some things that parents can do to support or parents... You know, caretakers and guardians, I I need to be very, make sure I say all of that, as well as even students to help support the teachers during this time.
1: You know, if they're doing all of the things that we mentioned before, if they are creating that schedule, you know, having that specific workspace, keeping up with, you know, having that to-do list to keep up with what's due, when is it due. All of that helps. Um, if you can create, as a parent, a reward system for your child, this is so helpful because it will motivate them. Um, you know, intrinsic motivation, you know, it doesn't come easy for kids. So you take the time to teach them the importance of the bigger picture and talk about the overall value of knowledge and, you know, try to help them find that internal motivation. Um, like, how does what you're doing now affect the goals of later in life? How does making good choices make life easier? You know, why is it important to get work done, you know, or listen in class or do all these things? So um, talk about the value of knowledge, but it's always helpful to have a little external motivation once in a while. So create a chart, maybe add stickers to it or stars for the younger ones that they can earn as they finish assignments or, you know, because normally the teacher, when you are face to face, it's so much easier for us to be able to motivate them some way, but it's so hard to connect and do that whenever we are behind a computer screen. So if you can find a way to uh, motivate them, so creating a chart, you know, having stickers or tickets or something, you can encourage those younger ones. Uh, But it can be simple as like them earning their favorite meal at the end of the week or dessert or a little family outing or um, allowing certain privileges or maybe more, you know, game time or TV time, outside time. Um, but you want to celebrate the little things with them. So like a good project grade, a positive note from the teacher, a great week of organization, whatever that may be. If you can add that reward system, that's really helpful for us because at least they have something they're working towards. And it's not just just trying to get it done and turned in because you don't want to get in trouble. We want to make it positive. And also, um, Creating ways to have that social interaction for your child. Like, you know, we have friends that we're adults, we can control that. But children have friends too, and they need that social interaction. Kids miss their friends, their school, their teachers. So maybe finding a way for them not to, um, because they can get, you know, they can get anxiety, they can get depression. So allow them to connect with their friends, maybe virtually, by phone, by text. <laughs> I've also
0: heard parents like creating almost like these little pods, right? Where like the parents and the kids, they have their own little thing where that's kind of where their social circle is to allow them to continue yeah. to, to have a social life as well.
1: Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to pick like, you know, a couple friends that you can keep, you know, that you can hang out with um, so you're not necessarily interacting with large crowds and just being uh, mindful of, COVID and all of that with the precautions. But, you know, yeah, having small little get togethers outside or something. I think that's also motivating for the child to know that, you know, I have friends and even though I'm behind this computer screen, like I can connect socially with other kids like me and then be flexible with yourself, be flexible with the teachers and know that things may change. (laughs) Um, So we're treading uncharted waters and, and this is new for all of us. Um, so be ready to change things up. When you're not seeing results with the system that you have in place, it's okay to, to change it up and adjust your schedule if you need it. Um, adjust your to-do list, adjust your workspace, and don't be hard on yourself. Yep. But definitely be flexible with yourself and right. your teachers. And I think, you know, if we can all work together, things will work out and focusing on developing those relationships. Because that that makes it so much easier.
0: Yeah. I think there's going to be so many parents who are so grateful. Because I, I wish I would have done this prior to. But I feel like even a month in. I feel like we're about a month into, into school. But I still feel like there's a lot of parents who are struggling. Or a lot of parents, caretakers, guardians that are struggling. And there's been some times where I've seen school start. And then they've reverted back. Yeah. So it be, it can become a very, very confusing time. And I know that just hearing this, maybe this is a confirmation to some parent, to some you know, people that what they're doing for their student is they're doing the right thing. And maybe there are some people who have been struggling that just need to hear because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound complicated, but when you're in it, I'm not a parent, right? I'm not a parent, I'm not a teacher, but I have a lot of listeners who are, parents and caregivers and guardians. And I know that there has definitely been struggle there. So that's why I wanted to make sure I'm reaching out to people who deal with high school students and like yourself dealing, you know, who who dealt with younger kids and middle school students who can really give some sort of guidance in regards to whether it's encouragement or whether, you know, because people are going to take it the way like, okay, I'm doing the right thing or, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. I'm so glad I've heard that hearing it. I think seeing it sometimes on on Pinterest or on Instagram, it's totally different versus hearing it sometimes. Yes, absolutely. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on and for sharing this information because there's a lot of people who I know are going to need it.
1: It's great. Yeah. Things are, you know, things are constantly changing. So we just have to keep that in mind to, to be flexible and, and, you know, remember, we're in a pandemic. Like, it's okay. <laughs> things right. are really okay. Like, we can't let the little things, um, you know, bother us or break us. You know, we have to take it one day at a time. And, you know, remember the, the things that are important to us, which is our family, being alive and... You know, being together like that's that's just so much more important. So we gotta look at the big picture every now and then, and be like, I'm, I'm doing a great job. I'm a great mom. <laughs> I deserve right. a day off. I deserve getting my nails done.
0: And you know what? Just because you're not doing things the way somebody else is doing, it does not mean that you're any less of a parent or a no. caregiver or anything. We all do things our own way, in our yeah. own way, and only you know what's best for your child and your student.
1: Absolutely. That's
0: well said. Yes. See, I I may not be a parent, but I know that I'm not clueless. <laughs> Brenda, you're awesome. Thank you so much. And mi gente, her social and contact information will be in the show notes. So
1: oh, I would love to, you know, if you have any questions or you need a, a middle school teachers advice on anything, reach out. I'm here to help and support you in any way.
0: This is why she's my, one of my friends guys, look at, she, she, she's offering this to people she doesn't even know
1: <laughs> oh, and if you're wanting to become a teacher i am here for you as well so
0: <laughs> and well, always, people couldn't have a better mentor in than if they asked you brenda
1: oh so. thank you
0: all right until next time mi gente
1: bye
0: ready to continue the chisme Next up, we speak with Ruby Chavez and how to best support your high school student. Well, thank you again for coming on here. I'm sure you have a very unique perspective and some things to be able to help
2: parents. So, Ruby, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and just sh- kind of share my my last couple of months expertise on what's going on and just kind of provide some ways that we could all help each other and just especially our pa- parents, and families, and our students, especially during this time, how we could provide support um, during this time. Yeah, I
0: mean, because like you said, your couple months expertise because it's not like who's the, who's an expert on this. I mean, if you're a Somebody who homeschools anyways, that's completely different than what's happening, the way you teach, the way you curriculum, all of that is very different than what's happening right now being forced homeschool. But before we get into all that, girl, our mamas especially, because that's tends to listen, that's who tends to listen, is going to need some wine. So I have my wine with me. I got my one too. Where can <laughs> you see it? Um, so I have this wine. It's called Cachai Chardonnay. It's from Chile, and it says it's fresh and light with tropical fruits, citrus, m- and melon flavors, leading to a crisp, lightly oaked finish. Great with roast chicken or turkey or and seafood dishes. So, oh, that one
2: sounds really nice and sweet.
0: Okay, I'm going to tell you. Let me see what, what it smells like. It smells like, um, I can't think of this smell. I know I am familiar with this smell, but I can't think of it. But I, it was really highly rated, and it was under $5 at Trader Joe's. And I was just in
2: a hurry, and I was like, all right, well, let me try it. So- it sounds very bougie and something that you like. You would literally give to me in person just because I like sweets. Uh-huh. My wine is a, just sweet, peach, Celerosa uh, one. So target. Well, salud. Salud.
0: This is not too sweet, which I appreciate because I'm not a big sweets. I will say I'm trying to think. Let me take another taste. Hold on. <laughs> I I accidentally froze it, so I don't know if that's changing the flavor because I stick it in the freezer and it's so. Brutal. So I'm reserving judgment. I'm gonna taste it a little bit later. Yeah. No. It has like this weird aftertaste right now. So I'm not going to lie because I don't lie about the wines. I either like it or so we don't want to do that. So I'm kind of on the fence with it. I'm like, it's definitely, it's not my favorite, but it's okay. Girl, if you, if you are on a budget and you really need to get something, you do what you got to do. You got to do. Yes. So we're going to keep this pretty short because we do want to make sure that we're really getting to the heart of, of situations that people are going through. Tell us, tell me quickly like what your background is and how long you've worked with kids and parents and stuff in the school system.
2: So the last four years I've been a counselor and the last, overall this is my seventh year working there since graduating from college. So I started working there as a college advisor through a very variety of college um, access programs um, that support students, particularly low income first-generation students that are planning to go to college. That was my role after graduating from college. And then it all worked out for me to be um, go into my master's program and get my credential to be a high school counselor. And here I am uh, two years later uh, with my certifications, my master's, and we're I'm now a high school counselor um, at the high school that I started working at and I graduated from. Awesome, well, so, what
0: have you seen for, or seen and heard right from parents and those counselors in regards to the unique challenges that or whether they're unique or maybe not so unique uh, across the board of what's happening and how um families and students are able to work through this time right now
2: yeah, so particularly with my The students and the uh, community that we serve Um, in our district, we serve students that are low-income, low-income communities. So our situation will be very different from someone who does live on the other side of town. So I could only speak for for those populations where their whole life has changed, the financial situation has changed. Their access to just even technology has changed as well. Just even their safe space to go to school where that was their only safe – like their only – their only place of like where they felt themselves and at home sometimes they don't even feel like themselves yeah um, just because there's a lot of people living in their home or it's et cetera they have a lot there's a lot of things why students had their their way of school as their escape but from what I've heard from my colleagues from different dis- from the different districts, is that it's just engagement. Engagement's a big problem. Just getting students to go get on the computer, um, it's very hard. Obviously, because it's on the computer, it's it takes a whole type of level of expertise on getting on the computer, how to get onto Zoom, how to turn on the Wi-Fi, even if they have, even if they don't even have Wi-Fi. Like that's I was already like
0: about to ask that. Like, are you finding kids that don't even have access?
2: to yes but um yeah so there's like a lot of like i would just want to like come like come back from like a place of like yes we want our students to show up but i also want to remember that every situ everybody's student everybody's situation is very different financially we need to recognize our privilege as well um just because you don't know i don't know if you remember but um there was a picture on social media that was shared out throughout like the the beginning of COVID, where the two students were outside of a Taco Bell in Salinas um, getting Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah, So like little things like that, like the students don't have Wi-Fi. Student might not have a a laptop. Um, So all of these things are systems that are not letting our students succeed, and they want to show up. Ultimately, majority of our students do want to show up. It's just the technology access, not having a room or quiet space in their household as well is tough, or even having the students be in support of being the financials head of the house now. Like A lot of parents, a lot of students, a lot of parents have been laid off um, just because of this whole situation of COVID. Um, I know my dad was laid off too, like shut down kitchen like he couldn't work for months he changed careers that's a different story but it's just the whole everything has changed for the student overall and even social emotional like not having their friends to see them every once in a while and just that interaction with their peers I think it's like a main aspect of growing up and being a teenager and being around people that you feel comfortable with and just going to go do stuff like I think that's like a big impact for high school uh, for just growing up from like childhood to adulthood, like you need people to interact with and just being at home sucks. And especially during (laughs) this time of COVID. I know that there are
0: probably things that parents have tried to do, right? Like set aside a particular place where the student can sit down
2: Mm -hmm. um,
0: and and work. And, but like you said, there's other, there could uh, especially when it's coming in low-income families. And we're gonna, I would really like to hopefully across the board, and this is what I've learned, kind of learned from talking to other people and my sister and other friends and everything. But like, for example, my sister is very fortunate that they were, they're able to afford to, they had to buy a couple of extra Chromebooks and stuff. They're in a financial situation that they were able to do that, right? Mm -hmm. But it's still even hard for them because um, one of my nephews is in really high ranking classes and without the not, without being in a classroom, he's become really lazy. Like his mm-hmm. stuff is not being turned in. It's not because he needs that. So how do you balance, like, let's just start with that. How do you balance, like if you have a child who they normally are on top of their things when they're in school, maybe that has changed since they've been homeschooling. How do you deal with that without being overbearing? Because I feel like at the end of the school year, things were very lax because this was new. But now the schools are going into it with a brand new mindset like, no, this is school. We have Mm -hmm. to do these things. And I feel like oftentimes the, the students haven't caught up with that mentality how can you help get your student into that type of mentality to say no 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 because even though many of them were a month in right were a month into
2: school and still they're struggling to just focus mhm yeah focusing overall has been really hard for a lot of students like even myself like it's hard to like just sit through day long zoom meetings but what i would recommend cuz i have had a couple students that were very bright while well, the last three years especially my graduating seniors and just see this semester the last six weeks of the semester of their marking period their grades are like straight ups and I'm like what's going on Ruby like you dropped your grades like what's going on so just checking in with, in with them not being so much like like why haven't you done this like in that type of regards just being more like empathetic like what's going on um, what's going on at home how can we support you if you're not feeling like socially emotionally I can refer you to our social worker on campus because um, we want to make sure that like they don't feel alone during this time mm-hmm. and my recommendation I'm not a mom so I can't speak as a parent but I I can speak as an older sister I do have a brother that is currently his last year of high school and I'm always like that older sister that's like hey like how's it going but not like too much so I would say just like have like a A time where you check in with your child and just not so much like say like why haven't you done this but like hey I've noticed that you're not doing so well Um, how can we work through this have you communicated with your teachers most importantly because if they're struggling in a class and they don't understand just because it's so much time on the computer um, maybe it's something that they're not understanding or just in general as well just something that's not clicking for them how to turn in the assignment on whatever platform they're on it all could all be miscommunication so I would say I would recommend the student to go to the the teacher's office hours if they can Um, I know some teachers are available over the phone a lot of students don't like to turn on their camera it's totally fine but yeah my recommendation is just like just for the students just for the parents or the older sibling just to like communicate with them just like checking in with them Hey, how's it going with school? You don't even have they can answer with one word. They're gonna answer with one word. They're gonna be like okay, fine. So I don't accept one word answers from No, you have
0: to do the open and open and end I I, will, I was talking to a friend earlier and I was telling her that we were having this conversation and she wanted to say she her question that she wanted me to ask was how can a parent still remain a parent? Because right now a parent is a parent, a teacher, the principal, the lunch lady, everything, <laughs> right? How can a parent still remain a parent during this time? Because also, it takes. I think this is taking a toll on the parent, like or the not just the parents, but the the guardians, the parents and guardians, because it's not always kids living with parents, but their yeah. parents and guardians along with the students. It's taking a toll on both sides. So how can you know that person who is in charge that guardian that person who that student lives with how can they still maintain that role without being overwhelmed
2: yeah my recommendations would be is to have like an organizer like a scheduler and stepping away that obviously if you can or can't or cannot um setting up I think the most important part in the mornings is just setting up the child to make sure they're connected after that They're on their own. The teacher is pretty much on on them on the screen. Um, But just keeping a a tracker, like an organizer of like, hey, this is what this time happens. And the schools have been very helpful for writing like a schedule of like when the students should have lunch, when they should have that, when they should have XYZ, a break, 10-minute break. So I would say going with the student's schedule if they can. I know some students work independently just because of their financial situation and their parents are not home. But I would say... A time organizer would be super helpful for the parents. And just not that the, you don't want to be part of You don't have to sit next to your student during the whole lesson. I would say let them let them breathe and let them f- be at school per se, um, just because it is their school time and you don't want to be like that helicopter parent, like always like on the back of the shoulder watching what they're doing. You want to let them engage with their peers and engage with the teacher um, like they would in, in the real world, like letting them go <laughs> into the classroom. <laughs> but yeah, I know it's hard just because we're always like we will always want to be helpful and re- resourceful to our, our, our children, our students. I would say to keep saying is like, don't engage mom or dad, that you engaging, it's like you're basically there to learn with your child. Just help them in any sense you can, step away, do whatever you can, leave the room. But make sure, I would say, make sure that they are sitting down in a kitchen or in a desk area, not in their bed, just because they will fall asleep with the Zoom open and <laughs> the teacher will call on them, and they're not gonna get participation for participation points for that day. But that's a great, great way. And just being patient um, is super helpful right now. A lot of phone calls that I got from parents the first month, and probably even yet last week as well. Of like, hey, I can't connect, and they want things rápido. They want things really fast. And we're all trying to navigate as educators, as the principal, as the counselor as a teacher we're all trying to navigate this world right now so we're all like yes we want things fast but it takes a whole team of collaboration to make the classroom possible to make the uh, resources possible for the student it might it might take a couple tries the first couple of weeks of trying to get into class or trying to get into like the student's accounts but we're all there to be resourceful and helpful together
0: how should a parent how often should a parent check in with the teacher if they're able to because i feel like there's there's two there's a several different types right you have a kind that you have the parents that are maybe don't speak english or maybe just not even interested like let's be real you have some and again i apologize for i that i continue using parents because i know not every child is in that situation where they're living with their parents so just in regards to whoever's in charge of the house, they may not be interested or they may not speak English mm-hmm. and not able to communicate effectively with the teacher. And then you have the types where maybe they're overly, right? I feel like, do you see that there's the kind of one of two situations right now, it's not necessarily the middle. So how do you handle that Especially the overly involved parent who is like wanting to know everything and wanting to know everything because I'm sure that takes a toll on the student as well because they're feeling like When they're going to school, they're off right They're off getting to kind of live their day the way they normally would. And now they're not able to So Mm -hmm. I know you said often that you have to like set a schedule, let the student do their thing, but What if it's really hard for that parent? Like they're finding themselves, that person in charge, that parent or guardian is finding themselves like hovering or doing their work across the table, right? Because a lot of people don't have separate spaces. Mm -hmm. So you have a student on one end or multiple students on one end and the parent working from home on the other. What would you suggest to how to navigate that so first of all people aren't stepping on each other's toes because i've heard it on zoom calls myself where multiple students are doing things at the same time and nobody can get anything done because there's a zoom class here a zoom class here and how do you how would you suggest you know a household handle that
2: but i would say for that i mean if there is I could see that have having a parent with multiple children in one household—the elementary kid, the middle school kid, the high school kid—and um, just so trying to be all on task and all on roll. How would I, I? I mean, I I don't like telling parents how to be a parent because, like, I who am I to tell them how to be a parent? But at the same time, just letting the student experience school on their own, the parent doesn't need. The parent doesn't need to go to school. Like the, the school is for the student. So I, I, I appreciate them. And I I want to say that I really appreciate their, their efforts of wanting to have their students engaged and checking up on them because it would be ideal that every student would have that. Um, but that's not the case. So I would say if, that's for, if that's, that's for them, if they have their side of business and they're on the side and not really like hearing what's going on in the conversation, that is great. But it's another thing for this parent to do the work for the child or participate for the child, because ultimately it is a student that's in school that will be getting a grade for that class. So I guess kind of like, how do you say it in the nicest terms, like step away, <laughs> for, step away from the student. <laughs> yeah, step away from the student if you can. Let them let them, let them, them engage. I think they'll feel more, com- more comfortable as well. Um, not knowing that my mom's in the background is going to hear what my teacher's talking about or what we're talking about in a discuss- discussion or a breakout room. Like, I will feel more comfortable if my mom wasn't there in the background.
0: I think right now, you know, like I said, several, I mean, I think most school has started, right? At least online. If not in person, most school has started online. And we've been in this situation for six months, right? We've been in this pandemic for six months. And I know a lot of kids right now are are struggling, mentally struggling because they don't have an outlet. We all know that mental and physical health, especially for children, uh, for all of us, right? But particularly for youth, it's very, very important for them to be able to function and to be able to participate in school and everything. So what are the things that you have heard from your students in regards to, I'm sure many of them are missing their friends, many of them are missing extracurricular activities. What are the things that you are suggesting to them or what are the things that they have shared with you that are helping them cope through this? Because I feel like some kids are thriving because I think some kids are realizing that learning in this way is a better way for them and some kids are struggling because they need that in-person interaction so what are you hearing from your students and how can you the family or the household help that student thrive in this type of environment even if they're not like what can be what can be done how can they support them
2: yeah so what I've heard from my students that I, it's like they're very alone and they they do miss their friends, just being able to do whatever they could, like their safe escape, not being at home twenty four seven at the beginning of back in March. My seniors were like super depressed that their prom wasn't gonna happen. They were working for this for three years, and that their graduation was on the line so it was it was very sad and then for sad for them, and even now, like the students that I've talked to. Um, they're not in the brightest, like, emotional, mental state. So I always tell them, like, we, first of all, you want to just acknowledge the situation that we're in. You cannot avoid not talking about COVID. So for me, I always come, I always acknowledge them at first, letting them know, like, hey, thank you for, like, coming on, talking to me. Just speaking to me doesn't even have to be about school. It could just be like, hey, how's it going on with, with your house, your home, um, your pets? Letting, letting them know, like, hey, we are here together. We're in this together, and you're not the only one going through this. I think that's, like, super important, just acknowledging the situation that we're in and and just knowing that eventually we are going to get out of, out of the situation. It's just time will tell. Well, how do you –
0: because I know – and I know you can only say it from your perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but oftentimes I feel like a lot of students don't have a resource at school to go to, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't have – a Miss Ruby to turn yeah. to and say, this is happening. So within the household, how can that be supported? Because I feel like oftentimes, the, the, you know, a lot of students don't have that. And if they do, they don't even know how to reach out, right? Because they never have. I'm sure there are students you've never interacted with before, and they don't know how to reach out to you, and they probably never have reached out to you. And they're struggling, so within the household, like generally within the household, how do you think those students can be supported? Whether it's a time to go outside, run, if they're finding something else that's gonna help release that, like what have you, what what do you think, or what has been shared amongst you? Because I'm sure your your colleagues, I'm sure some of them are parents as well and have seen their students struggling. What are the types of things that they have shared as well,
2: yeah. So from my colleagues that they've shared is that they schedule like a time with their with their children to go outside, go on a walk, go on a hike, um, or even scheduling to go to like to the store, like oh let's go get a Starbucks real quick, something like that, just to get them out of them out of out of the house because we've been in in quarantine for like the last six months. So something that will distract them from the current reality of just staying at home, I think it's super important. Uh, we also like reducing social media, the in the amount of time that we spend on social media, and just like the news, I think that also takes like a big impact in our social emotional being. That just being so, so much on TikToks, being so much hearing like what's going on with our political climate, with our racism and inequality black lives matter there's a lot of things going on right now that we cannot just like say hey it's not I don't see it I don't feel it it doesn't affect me so I think just taking a break from those even binge watching a show on Netflix going outside playing with the pet um, I know that's super helpful for for many students that I've talked to like I really enjoy playing with my pet my cat my dog little things like that or just playing video games a lot of them like really really enjoy like being on video game tournaments like playing call of duty or playing smash or a variety of online games i I know that the video game world is big and they have actually coped with that so I, i i hear from my students that they like that um that world of not being like so much on your phone but just being connected through the world of just connection and just community of being supported by people you might not even know but just having like a safe space um, I think that's super important so my students have told me that they like that Uh, my colleagues have told me that they've scheduled like dinner time or they schedule like hike time I know I do with my brother just schedule like hey we want to go to Starbucks we'll drive to the Starbucks he doesn't even get off the car I pick up the order and that's kind of like our scheduled time to just like kind of like chit chat and just kind of check in uh, about what's going about how he's doing and how he is Doing, how he's doing emotionally, first of all. Like, how are, how are you doing? How are things at home? And then also, like, checking in with him, like, at, for school as well. Like, hey, how's it going? How are your Zoom, like, classes? I always tell him like, not even about the classes. Like, how are your Zoom teachers? Like, what are they doing, like, on Zoom? How is it with the breakout rooms? Or have they made it fun? Or is it awkward? Or has anybody's, anybody's sure microphone? That makes a big impact, too, right? Because the way the teachers are having to adjust, it's
0: really crazy to see – the creativity or lack thereof of teachers, because I think teachers need to be creative regardless. And it's very interesting to me. I've always been of the mindset, like nobody would be able to do what they do without teachers, right? Like we all go through school. We all have teachers. There would be no doctors. There would be no lawyers. There would be none of that without teachers, yet we pay them so little. And I have a friend who's a high school teacher, who's a high school Spanish teacher, who's literally... I think we also need to acknowledge like how much more our teachers are working right now. She literally starts working at six in the morning and says half the time she doesn't get done till eleven p.m. Yep. And she, our teachers are struggling too, right? It's not just uh, it's not just the families and the
2: students. We need to, right now, we need to be all very empathetic about the situation. And unfortunately, I'm not going to say school is not important right now. I think we are important first. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, this is the situation, and we want to make sure that everybody's supported. So, well, I like what you said about like because I feel right now
0: we're a month or a month plus into school, and it's a good time to evaluate what is working and what isn't right. So, I like how you said. If your schedule's not working, you need to find something that is. So maybe, and I know people work differently during the day, and I know that sometimes the school, but maybe you need to talk to the teacher and say, look, my student's having a hard time. Can, like Maybe they're a better student in the afternoon or evening, and maybe you need to reach out to the teacher to say, hey, like, I'm noticing that in the morning they're dragging, but in the afternoon they're ready to go. Can we work something out? I mean, I think it's really key that whoever is in charge of the household, right, in, in charge of making sure that this is happening for the, for the students is, is reaching out. And I know that doesn't always happen. And I'm just speaking in the, t- as much as it can happen, because unfortunately, not every student is in an ideal situation. And that breaks my heart, like, to think that right? Like I see these kids. I, sorry, I get like really emotional when it comes to like stuff like this because it's so hard to see kids struggle. Like they're already struggling right now as it is. Then you add a layer on and they may be emotionally, verbally, mentally abused, physically abused in school. Was their time to get away from that and to have as much of a normal life as they could? And now they don't have that. Or they don't have like they come from a family that doesn't have money, that doesn't have the resources, that maybe doesn't have Wi-Fi or anything like that. So they're sitting outside of a Taco Bell or a McDonald's or a whatever just to be able to do their schoolwork. It breaks my heart that we as a society have not done more for our kids. And we and we allow and we're okay with so, so much differential in our education system. It just It just breaks my heart. It pisses me off. It makes me upset. Pisses me off and whatever. But so I know that not every child is in that same situation, but as much as you can be, you know like you said evaluate right now where like what has worked what's not and and adjust i think that's all we can do right now right is adjust as much as
2: we can yeah and communication as well with the teachers and just like the school like we're all in this together and if you're a parent out there or a, a student hearing this like don't ever feel like you're alone going through this if you don't ask people won't know so i would say always ask it doesn't it doesn't hurt to ask that you're maybe you don't you're not feeling right because your parent was diagnosed with covid or who or your your aunt and uncle were diagnosed with covid and now you have to work like if you don't know um if if we don't know as a school we're not how, how can we best support you and want to make sure that we are supporting you first before your academics because ultimately we are there to care we care about you And academics might be second. Maybe teachers could give you an extension on a homework assignment or they could give you an extension on a big project. Um, But I would say communication is key. You don't have to talk to them in person. An email works fine. Um, But I would say communication is very key during these times.
0: Well, Ruby, I know we wanted to keep it short, so we're going to leave that as the final word, is communication is is key. And if you're a student listening to this, I don't know how many students are listening to this because I don't know but if you're you know if you're a head of household if you're a mom if you're a tia if you're a welan you know whatever it is if you're listening to this and you're just trying to figure out how to support your student the first thing you want to do is ask open that open that dialogue mm-hmm. because if you don't ask they're never going to say and and don't accept no or, or what don't accept one word answers that's what i'm saying i don't ever accept one word answers and my nephews know it and they give me one word answers and I'm like, what? No, no. That's in the, They start laughing because they know that I'm going to ask more questions. But yeah, thank you, Ruby, so much. I hope that this gives a little bit of hope to anybody out there. The key takeaways are really to find a place where the, the kid feels comfortable outside of their room, right? Adjust the schedule accordingly or as needed reach out to the school counselor or the teachers as needed and it's really just like you said communication and adjusting
2: yeah so thank you Ruby thank you so much Chica for letting me be part of this I'm really excited and I hope this is helpful for someone out there all right thanks thank you
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the wine and Me podcast for more information on brenda or ruby please see the show notes for links to their social media accounts you can check out all things wine and me on our website the wine and there you will find the names of the wines i drink each episode as well as additional information on me the podcast and you can even apply to be a guest straight from there You can also find us on Instagram at the Wine and Cheese Met and Facebook at the Wine and Cheese Podcast. Remember, if you want to hear more wine and cheese please subscribe, rate, and review. Five star ratings are always appreciated, and those good reviews are appreciated even more. Until next time, mi gente. Saludos.